And this man pulled his car in the parking lot. He starts walking down to the tent. And I see commotion with, you know, other people. And this woman, she happened to be sitting across the table from me. And she looks at me and she says, don't let him take my baby. You know, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you've heard more than one episode where OC spray got someone out of a bind and prevented them from having to use more force in a personal self-defense encounter. Palm Industries is the OC of choice for active self-protection. We love everything about them. We love the efficacy of their product. We've seen it work. Our actual employees have had to use it in the field against a crazy person, and it worked. We love the flip-top reversible clips. Look, they've removed any excuse not to carry OC. This is going to solve far more problems more frequently than a firearm, and I wouldn't leave the house without it. As I've said before, I got one for my wife. I got one for my daughter. My son is about to go into law enforcement, carries one. And I've had a good friend, uh, Soleil Roche, who's a member of the Active Self-Protection Team. We used it successfully in a real-life defensive encounter. Get one at get-asp.com slash P-O-M, POM. Get-asp.com slash POM. Alrighty, gang, welcome back to the Active Self-Protection Podcast. I am once again your host, Mike Willover, and I am your favorite... Former Fed with us this week, Stephen. Stephen is, uh, I was about to say his last name. We talked about this. Just Stephen. That's all you people need to know. <laughs> Stephen is married with three kids, uh, and he lives in Michigan, and he wrote in with, a, I think, a fairly com- fairly compelling story um, that has you know has a good outcome. So we always like to hear that. Stephen, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you again. I always say this, but it bears repeating. I appreciate you writing in. If you folks weren't writing in with your, with your defensive encounter stories, uh, there would be no show and nobody wants to listen to me talk for an hour by myself. So there you are. So talk to us about your history. I assume you watch actor self-protection videos. Are you steeped in self-defense related stuff? Uh, firearms owner, uh, jujitsu, anything Um, like that? Firearms owner, martial arts when I was a kid, um, not i've got my um concealed pistol license for michigan um but not really i don't i don't carry i, I don't carry like i should i don't like my holster hmm. um and uh i don't don't do a lot of training um but i watch a lot of videos okay my job my job at least back at this time well up until a week ago was a work from home job and I watched a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> Very good. Um, so let's talk about your holster really quick. What is it you don't like about it? You don't have to say the, the brand name or anything, but what is it that you don't like that prevents you from carrying um, Well, my, my gun had fallen out of it twice. Ooh, that's a problem. It's um, it's a shoulder holster, and I bought it because I was wearing lots of sweatpants because I work from home. Right. I, f- I figured a shoulder holster would be, would be the best thing, um, but then... I just don't dress in a way that really works f- with a shoulder holster. Yeah, you know, I bought a I shoulder wear. holster years ago for duty carry, and I thought I'm like I'm not going to lie to you, Stephen. I just thought it would look cool, and that's when I was okay. very young, and it did look cool. It was also very uncomfortable and very impractical, and so yeah, I get it. So just to just to let you know, I don't know if, if you changed in the way you dress at all, but um, the Filster Enigma holster. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't really, I just really haven't looked into it. What I probably should do is use my wife's gun and my wife's holster um, and see how that goes. Because, yeah, her holster is, you know, much nicer than mine. Okay. Yeah. The Enigma is always a good option. Um, 
because it it doesn't require any particular style of dress. You know, it's uh, I've never used one, but um, obviously we're friends with the Filster folks, and a lot of people, everyone who has one of those, seems to love it. So, just mm-hmm. something to think about. Um, and so what uh, y- you said, the holster's not great. What kind of what kind of gun, if you don't mind me asking, uh, make and caliber do you do you own? Uh, Smith and Wesson Sigma forty caliber. Okay, so I've had it for decade or 15 years or something mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it sat around without me ever even shooting it for five or so years um buddy of mine had a 40 cal so i bought a 40 cal right um and then yeah don't like the gun all that much either like my wife's it's not my favorite we are hk snobs over here as you know so let's talk about the incident at hand this happened um at a church gathering that you were attending uh, yeah, so it's been several it was, years. How how long ago was this? It's been it'll be three years this fall. No, okay. Hold on, I gotta think my my children's age. Uh, two years this fall. Okay. And so my my boys were about ten months. My daughter would have been two years ten months old. And. Yes, that makes it two years ago. Okay. So this is an outdoor service. Was it an outdoor service because of COVID or was it just something you guys did from time to time? It was yeah, just once a year. They do an outdoor service, pig roast, um, and you know, a little party. And this was that. So attendance was a little higher than usual. I mean, pig roast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and it's a small church. I mean, usual attendance is 30 to 50. So that day it might have been 40 to 60 or 80, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and a woman uh, was there and she brought her uh, baby. Baby was a few months old. Now I do uh, shifts in the nursery. I'm not going to just drop my kids off for other people to take care of. So I pick up shifts in the nursery. Mm-hmm. And so I'd known this woman and I'd known the baby, um, taking care of him uh, a couple of times. And so she was there that day and this man pulled his car in the parking lot. We, you know, good view of the parking lot. And he starts walking down to the tent and I see commotion with, um, you know, other people and this woman, she happened to be sitting across the table from me and she looks at me and she says, don't let him take my baby. Oh boy. And I've been watching, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, ASP YouTube videos. And I just remember, uh, you know, John, not my monkey, not my circus, yeah. not my circus, not my monkey. And I'm just thinking I am not getting involved. Right. I didn't say it to her, but I'm like, I'm not going to get involved. Um, my daughter, uh, who's at the very end of the story, she, this becomes important. Um, she was in, instead of, in, in the nursery with the other uh, babies. So the babies were in the church in the nursery. Okay. My boys were, my 10 month old boys were there. And, and this baby was in the church in the nursery also. But my daughter was out uh, in service and she was uh, sitting with my mother-in-law on the other side of the other table. So two tables, let's say making an 11, uh, like the number 11. I'm in mm-hmm. the middle of the 11. This woman is on the uh, one side of the the number one, and then my daughter from me is on the other side of the number one, okay. and I'm in the middle of the two number one. So the guy comes up, and you know he's yelling, 
says something to the uh, mom about, um, you know, where's the baby? Um, goes up and and accosts the keyboard, unplugs the keyboard, and uh, stops the music. They have like a little like a rock band. Um, so he's not uh, pastor. He's not being very subtle about this. No, no, not at all. You know, you three or four men are involved, you know, trying to calm this guy down. Um, and still I'm not involved. Uh, I've got pepper spray on me mm-hmm. because of John. Um, and, and at that point, that's when I should have used it. Right. You know, uh, the jerk sauce, use it when he's being a jerk, you know, he's already accosted a couple people a little bit mm-hmm. and, and it's going after the, the band, uh, the band equipment, but then he makes a break towards the church. He must have realized that that's where the baby was. He makes a break towards the church. And I'm just like, oh, no, I got, I've got to run. You know, because imagine, what well, I think what went through my head, it's been years, but what goes through my head now and maybe then was imagine a scuffle with a half a dozen toddlers around. Right. Uh, not a good situation. No, not at all. So, so I take off running after him along with a couple other people, he gets uh, through the door and another young guy um, that's been involved with with the church his whole life. He ends up slamming the door on his ankle. So this guy slams the door on our bad guy's ankle on our bad guy's ankle. Okay. So his his foot's sticking out the door and he's in the door. And uh, I say, Hey, I've got pepper spray. You know, let me in there. Mm Mm-hmm. So I get in and then he's engaged with, you know, a couple guys, uh, punches a guy in the stomach, uh, elbows and not like a total fist fight, but, you know, he's getting physical with people trying to push his way into the nursery door or around them and to the nursery door. Let me stop you there real quick. So yep. paint a picture for the audience of what this guy looks like. Is he a big guy, little guy, muscular tattoos? Like what, how would you describe um, him? He is, say like five, eight, um, maybe one forty, one fifty pounds, rough looking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I may, he might've had a white t-shirt on white okay. under undershirt, t-shirt shorts skinny oh right. I, yeah, I said about white fairly thin so he's not a he's not too big of a guy right um but the guys that are trying to uh and he's younger right he's probably in his 20s late 20s early 30s um but not not an out of shape guy either he probably does physical labor for for work and the guys he's um that are trying to keep him out of the nursery older guys Okay. Uh, late 40s, 50s. Oh, maybe, ho, ho, whoa. Hey, hey, I'm 51. What are you talking about, older guys? <laughs> I'm 43. All right. I was I was 40 at the time. All right, young buck. Go ahead. <laughs> um so it, he's trying to get past him. So I I obviously I come in from his from behind him. I have to get around in front of him to spray him. So I did that. And I sprayed him three times and, you know, I sprayed him three times because like, it didn't seem like he noticed the first two. Mm-hmm. Now I remember uh, a podcast 
uh, or YouTube video I saw after, I think John said some, this was maybe a couple of years after, I think John said something like the carrier liquid has to evaporate before the pepper spray takes effect. Something I, like that. I, Is I, that right? I can vouch for that. Yeah. I was an OC instructor for my old agency and yeah, I, it's very tempting because you're wanting it to work immediately and it takes a second. Uh, some of the carrier, depending if it's alcohol or more water-based has to evaporate for those little crystals of, of, uh, of hatefulness to uh, take effect in the eyes and the mucous membranes and stuff. So that is true. It takes a second or two. And if you continue to spray, this is just for our listeners so they know, if, they continue, if you continue to spray, it actually delays the activation of the, the, the uh, capsicum, the actual pepper part of it. So, yeah, spray once. As long as you're confident you got it around the nose and eyes or close enough, Give it a second because um, you're just slowing things down by spraying them again. But anyway, you didn't yeah. know that at the time. And it was – I had never uh, – I'd never practiced with it. Okay. Um, but it was remarkably easy to hit the target. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that was – that's comforting. Um, so as, as soon as I sprayed him, everything was over. Like he, he left out in the parking lot. Um, all the other guys that were in the lobby – uh, it's a small lobby. Um, they were all choking and eyes watering. Yep. I remarkably was unaffected. I made the call to, um, oh, I forget the name now. Remind me of the name. Where did I, who did I call? Uh, the the uh, OC maker, Palm? No, no. The the lawyer. Oh, yeah. Firearms Legal Protection. Yeah. So I made the call to Firearms Legal Protection in the lobby after I sprayed the pepper spray. Okay. I was... It didn't bother me. Everybody else was choking up. But he had, uh, Pastor got him a glass of water um, outside in the parking lot. And they, they took care of him just a little bit. And then he got in his car and he drove off. So the pepper spray stopped him right away. Very nice. So um, did he run into a tree after he drove off? Do we know? Or did he manage to make it wherever he was going? <laughs> The police came. They, we, everybody had to wait around for the police for like 30 minutes, an hour uh, for them to get there. Um, they didn't say anything about any sort of problems with him afterwards. I hadn't heard anything. And have you seen this guy again at your church? No. Okay. Nope. Nope. And unfortunately, we haven't seen mom again either. And that, you know, she was probably embarrassed or whatever. We, we haven't seen her. And that, that kind of sucks. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. So the police get there. What's their general attitude? Were they like ho-hum, no big deal, or do they take it seriously? Um, so they took statements from everybody. Service continued, and people just kind of walked out and then gave their statement and then walked back into service. Um, I, I guess I was like kind of the last one to give my statement. And I, they just asked, you know, do I carry pepper spray on me all the time? Yes. It's on my keychain. Um, they asked me to tell the story, just like I told uh, you. Mm-hmm. Basically, the same story. Um, oh, I said, I said, I feared for the safety of my twins that were in the nursery. Well, that was you're not lying. I mean, you definitely did. No, no, yeah, because I mean, imagine if you know there's an altercation with you know some big men and around half a dozen toddlers, they could get hurt. So. That, the police were, it's a small town, small country town. So uh, I think they were just asking the questions they need to ask. And I don't know what happened with him. I don't, 
that was the end of it. Hmm. Okay. Well, the end of it from that. Now, if you have any other questions about this, we'll tell you the, yeah, no, the I, other interesting part. No, go ahead. Please go on. Um, so my daughter, who was there, uh, years, 10 months old, about that age. And for about six months or a year after, she made me tell this story to her three to five times a week, multiple times a day. I was telling her the, quote, bad man story. Interesting. So I've, I've told this story to her probably a hundred or more times. And I had, um, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. I've listened to hundreds or thousands of hours of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had remembered him saying something like, uh, if something traumatic happens to a person and they have something like post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, it helps for them to go over the story after the fact. It helps them process it. Mm-hmm. So every time she asked me to tell the story, I had that in my mind. Like, I'm going to tell the story as much as I can to her. She wants to hear it. She's you know, three, just under three years old. She wants to hear it for a reason. She needs to hear it. So I told her the story over and over again. Do you think, um, do you know offhand, was she witness to all of this or was she just in the next room? Was she able to see all the stuff going down? So she was out outside in the tent. Um, so she saw everything that happened in the tent there. With the oh, that's band. right. She was sitting across from you. I remember that now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. And, and then she saw, oh, she wanted, she wishes she could have gone and fought him. <laughs> that's adorable. She would have beat him up. Yes. It was great. <laughs> Um, it's funny you should say that because as it stands, I am the piano player or at least one of them at my church. So had he, had he accosted my keyboard, this would have gone very, very differently. Um, he wouldn't have made it, it (laughs) he wouldn't have made it to the nursery. Um, so let's talk about lessons real quick. Um, I I think you really, if you're going to be, if you're going to be the defensive mindset, if you're going to carry a gun, carry pepper spray, be prepared for this sort of thing. You know, I always say this, but it bears repeating. You have to have had that conversation. Am I going to be willing to do what I need to do when the when the uh, when things go go sideways, which they did very quickly? So you had to make a very quick decision. And I understand. Okay, this is just some jerk. This is not my problem. He's not hurting anybody. He's just being a he's just being an idiot. Um, but then I think that changed for you once you started going towards the children's area. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, I think you probably had had that conversation in your head already, or at least considered it, because um, you didn't waste any time once he did start going towards an area where he could be threatening uh, small children. But you, the listener, dear listener, uh, this is something you got to consider. If you're the if you're the self defender or the defender in your family, um, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to think this stuff through. Um, I hope that's why you're listening to this show is to get these mental reps. Um, let's talk about OC for a minute. You know, you can get inert um, training devices, like Palm has inert devices that we use for training people on pepper spray. There's not a lot to it. There's not, it's not, as my bus driver at the academy said, it's not rocket surgery. Um, deploying pepper spray is pretty straightforward, as you just explained. Basically, it's point and shoot. But the, the probably the biggest consideration is, am my indoors or outdoors? Because as you know now know, if you spray it indoors, everyone's going to get at least a little bit of it. Uh, cross-contamination is going to happen. Um, but you know, if that's, if that's what has to happen in order to stop someone like this from doing something really terrible, well, that's fine. That's something we can all live with. 
Uh, the next one would be uh, airflow, wind direction, that sort of thing. You know, in the heat of a of a incident like this, it's usually just not possible to get the perfect conditions. Um, but this is why I recommend a stream, a pepper spray stream like Palm offers, and definitely not gel, and definitely not a conical spray like a mist, because that mist, man, if the wind's blowing at all, it's just going to go wherever the wind's blowing. Uh, I'm a big fan of Palm. We carried something else with my old agency, and uh, it worked. Uh, if you could hit the person accurately with it, but it was that conical mist, like I mentioned, and it, it just it wasn't strong. I felt like it wasn't strong enough, so I wasn't super confident uh, with my spray as a, as a cop. Anyway, um, before I uh, forget anything, is there anything else you wanted to mention, Stephen? No, no, I think that's it. Well, very that's good story. I, well, I appreciate it. It's short and sweet is just fine with me. These are not all going to be two-hour episodes, so that's perfect. Uh, folks, don't forget to stay tuned for Stephen Gutowski and the Gutowski Files coming up right after this. Stephen, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, alrighty, gang. Welcome back to the Gutowski Files. Starring, we just settled on starring, starring Stephen Gutowski. He is the founder of the Reload.com and the host of the Weekly Reload podcast. And we just met for the first time in real life in Indianapolis. Of all places, we could have met. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story before we start. <laughs> so... I, uh, if you guys know Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, he has a second kind of vocation, <laughs> one by pizza reviews, and I've never gotten bum scoop from that until Saturday. Or was it Friday? Yeah, it was Friday night. It's Friday night of last Friday. week. I looked up one of his reviews. I said Indianapolis, Dave Portnoy, one by pizza, and I won't name the business or shame them, but it, it, it sounded a lot like Giordano's, but it wasn't Giordano's. It was another place in, in Indy. And that's he gave, what made me sad. Yeah, he gave he gave it like a seven point four. I was like, okay, that's solid. So we go. I'm meeting Stephen for the. It's like a first date. You know, we're all dressed up, wearing lots of Dracar <laughs> Noir, and uh, and we get there, and it's just an absolute hole. And it it didn't it didn't work out. The food was not good. The pizza was not good. And I and after our first date went terribly wrong. I had to apologize to Stephen about the crappy pizza. So I, I apologize yet again, sir. Yeah, I may I may offend our Indiana listeners by saying this, but it was probably the most Indiana Italian food that I've had, which is um, not a compliment. And it was especially sad because you originally said we were going to Giordano's, which is they do have a location in Indianapolis, yeah, yeah. apparently the famous Chicago deep dish place. That's that's fantastic. Uh, and I think half of the ASP team ended up there too. Yep. Uh, but we got we got uh, unlucky with with our choice. But hey, uh, other than that, it was uh, pretty fantastic to to meet up. You said I look skinnier in person. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was cool. The, that old line uh, from uh, exactly the same as thank I you. expected. Thank you very much. That old line from Friends <laughs> when kidding. one of the, one of the female characters they show an old like VHS video of her. And she's like, they're mm-hmm. she's really fat in the video, and they're like, like uh, she says the, the camera adds ten pounds, and they're like, how many cameras were on you exactly? Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So and, and then afterwards, uh, Stephen and our CMO Neil Widener got to hang out and have a chat, and it was a really good time. So we are actually talking about the National Rifle Association annual yes. meeting, which took place um, this year, and as you know, we we speculated maybe the attendance wouldn't be great, and all sorts of other things. There were tons of a-list politicians, 
Former President Trump was there. Mike Pence was there. I think DeSantis sent a video. Christy Nome, uh, Jim Jordan, you name it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just a lot to talk about. And I'm going to let you lead that charge, Mr. Gutowski. What did you? What are your impressions of the uh, the the annual meeting? Yeah, I mean, I think the first takeaway is that it was an improvement for the NRA over last year. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously they had they canceled two annual meetings in a row during COVID. And then their first one was last year. It happened to fall week after Uvalde and uh, in Texas. So Mm. the, and COVID was still more of a concern at that point than it, than it is now for most people, I think. And so they had a pretty abysmal turnout last year. It was the worst attendance since 2006. This year was noticeably better. Uh, It went from, I believe it was something like 66,000 in Houston in, in 2022 to 77,000 in Indianapolis in 2023. Of course, on the other hand, um, having this event in Indianapolis invites comparisons to the last time that they had the annual meeting in Indianapolis, which was 2019, which also happened to be the big blow up. Uh, Oliver North was president at the time. He left the meeting early because of uh, the entire inter- internal dispute over accusations of corruption that we've covered at length here on the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it certainly was a smaller event than that one. Um, that, that one had a much larger attendance. This was uh, pretty apparent in both the uh, leadership forum where former President Trump and, and Vice President Pence and a number of other uh, high, you know, high recognizable Republicans spoke in 2019. That event was at the football stadium. That was, they had that at Lucas oil field in the, where the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts play. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very large venue. They didn't fill up the entire stadium, but I think they filled up about maybe half of it. Um, it's no small feet. Uh, yeah. And that's actually the only time I've ever been on an NFL football field. So that was fun. Sure. But this year, they did not try to do the uh, speeches at the football stadium. Instead, they picked a room, a regular conference room inside of the uh, a hall inside of the conference center, which was still sizable, to be fair, uh, and much larger than last year's uh, leadership forum. Uh, so, again, an improvement, but compared to four years ago when they had a million more members – still uh still lacking yeah and i think probably less enthusiasm this year generally um of course you know when there's when there's conflict in in and uh division like there was in 19 that could have encouraged more people to show up but uh just a side note i mean the secret service and u.s capitol police details for everyone there must have been so relieved it wasn't at lucas oil stadium again i can't imagine <laughs> the plan and, and trump was still president back then so i can't yeah. imagine the planning and work that went into that um yeah, it's interesting actually to think about Trump and the NRA since 2019. You know, they they they're so intertwined at this point uh, that that they really followed similar paths. You know, 20, 2016 was kind of the zenith for both both of them, the mm-hmm. NRA and and Donald Trump. You know, the NRA was managed to spend 50 million dollars in the election to help Trump win, and um, uh, you know it hasn't come anywhere near being able to spend that kind of money in elections since then. And Trump obviously hasn't been able to replicate his success from 2016 either. Uh, but now you're act- you're seeing them both uh, facing 
this uh, this downward trend in their their long term um, outlooks, but also very recently a bit of a bump, you know, a bit of a resurgence for both Trump and uh, the NRA. With you know, their, the NRA saw increased turnout at the annual meeting. It mm-hmm. saw uh, you know most of the top names of the Republican Party show up to speak to their members. It, it, it's likely um, you know it had, it had a much larger uh, attendance in the exhibit hall as well this year, although I think Smith and Wesson didn't show up, not exactly sure why, but most of the other major companies did. Um, and then at the same time, you know, Trump's obviously, and, and the NRA is facing this serious, uh, they're both facing serious legal problems, but Trump, uh, you know, he's gotten a bit of a bump the last few weeks, uh, maybe partially because he got indicted uh, because, you know, politics is a weird thing. And, um, and so, you know, he, that was something that he even bragged about in his, in his speech, to the NRA he put up a bunch of his polling on the screen to show members. And so he's seen a bit of a, a surge in the polls lately. Uh, and so, you know, you get this kind of um, these, these, the prospects of these of Trump and the NRA kind of mirror each other, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd never been to one before, so I didn't really have anything to compare it to. It seemed pretty well attended. Do you happen to know, and I don't know if you know this or not, do you happen to know um, how they come to the attendance numbers? Because it's a three-day event. Is it, they don't, I mean, they don't count the same person coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I trust. That is a good question. I'm not positive. I believe it's tickets sold. Okay. Um, John and I were discussing that. And we were a little dubious of the number, but it, it, it did seem like a ton of people. It seemed like they might count it. They might count each day, um, you know, uh, cumulatively. But uh, what I will say is that they, I don't think they've changed the way that they've counted it over the years. So you can at least get a gauge of how well it's doing relative to other sure. years, uh, whether or not you trust the number of being, you know, literally 70, whether it's 77,000 entrances to the event over a three-day period where sure. it's 77,000 individuals attending uh i'm not i actually don't know for sure but uh but i know that they haven't changed the way they count it so you can sort of objectively say this was bigger than last year and it was bigger than an, a number of other years though significantly smaller i think the largest one i'm uh from what i've seen was 2013 mm-hmm. uh which had i think eighty seven thousand. So another 10,000 more than, than this one did. So uh, let me ask you, are you privy to any of the goings on from any of the board meetings, the executive board meeting or the, the general board meeting? Was there anything exciting discussed or decisions made or elections held that you can tell our, our listeners about? Well, probably nothing of major significance that the average person would uh, care much about. Like Wayne LaPierre is still executive vice president, for <gasps> instance. Shocking um, developments. You know, so, so nothing, nothing like that. Nothing groundbreaking. Like, oh, they they got rid of Wayne or anything mm-hmm. to that level. There was some drama on the board. I mean, first off, uh, the sort of dissident members that have been on the board the last couple of years: Bill Journey, Frank Tate, being among the the most prominent ones, are now all gone. Their their board, uh, their their terms have ended, and so there really aren't any vocal dissidents left, you know, critics of Wayne and, and the corruption allegations against him. Uh, so that's fairly significant. That sort of internal fight has kind of ended. There was, they did have a members meeting, which is, that's where you saw, if you saw any of the big screaming matches from 2019, 
at the NRA annual meeting. It was during the, the meeting of the members where, where members are supposed to be able to give, you know, put up resolutions to vote on, mm-hmm. to tell the board what to do. Um, you know, that it's supposed to be a more of a parliamentarian thing over the years. It's kind of become more of a, a rally, but that's supposed to be one of the ways that the membership can you know, influence how the organization actually is operated. And in 2019, there was a whole big uh, fight during that, essentially not, not physical fight necessarily, but it's shouting matches, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, calls for Wayne to resign, their resolutions that were put up to that effect. That happened again this year in the members meeting but not quite to the same level as 2019. Um, and, and again, just like in 2019, the resolutions that were voted on were, uh, didn't pass. So they, they, the, the sort of members who want to try to change things internally at the NRA, they tried to get rid of president Charles Cotton and they failed at that. And they tried to get rid of Wayne LaPierre himself and failed at that too. It was, perhaps a bit closer than the standing ovation that Wayne received at the beginning of the meeting would have implied it would mm-hmm. be. Um, so the internal dissent is not completely gone there, but there aren't any board members left who uh, are still publicly calling for Wayne to resign or anything like that. And the members meeting ultimately didn't produce any resolutions trying to enact significant ref- reforms internally. And then um, there, there was a bit of a, uh, what they call it, you know, court intrigue with uh, the second vice president, who is a, a man named Willis Lee. He was, you know, the way the NRA works internally is that there's sort of this um, succession structure in place. You know, the president serves a certain period of time, and then he's replaced by the first vice president, and the first vice president is replaced by the second vice president, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And they they cut that line of succession off this year to keep Willis Lee from becoming president and instead leave Charles Cotton as the president of the NRA. Uh, so it's not exactly clear why that happened. Um, but it's, I guess it implies that they don't, they don't trust Willis Lee to be president. Um, you know, Wayne and, and his allies who uh, are in control of leadership. So, uh, you know, that, that's another sort of palace intrigue thing. I don't know how much your average person is uh, following that stuff, but it was certainly interesting to see that happen. It hasn't ever happened before, from my understanding. Yeah, I've not heard that. I, I guess I guess they're just doing whatever they want at this point. If I can, if I can boil it down to brass tacks, I mean, I suppose it's possible. This is more of a statement than a question, but you can address it certainly. I guess it's possible that you've lost a million members. The people who are leaving are probably the people who wanted to affect change previously and couldn't, or like threw up their arms and go, "Okay, well." Uh, if I can't, nothing's going to change. I'm not, I'm going to stop giving them my money. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I think that's probably accurate to some degree, right? I mean, the most common thing that I hear online at least and online gun rights activists, uh, that's a different world than perhaps your average NRA member, mm-hmm. right? Who, who tends to trend older and is not necessarily going on Twitter to, to tweet at me. Right? <laughs> to, um, to but those, the online activists, <laughs> you never know, mm-hmm. uh, and, but uh, but I imagine it's a, a bit of a different demographic. And uh, certainly the thing I hear most about the NRA from just people who used to be members is that they won't give money until uh, Wayne is gone. But, uh, you know, you can also see this to some degree, I think, in there's definitely an apathy among NRA membership because 
um, the, the vote totals were read for the ballot, the ballots this year, the way that the board, the NRA board gets chosen. Um, and only 75,000 votes actually got counted, which is, which is significantly lower than even last year. Hmm. Um, where I think it was something like 87,000 last year. And so, and that's down from previous years. So the participation rate among NRA members is, is, is really bottoming out to the point where some of those dissidents that aren't on the board anymore, they may consider running by petition again, because that's petition. How many signatures you need to get from NRA life members to get on the ballot is based on the uh, percentage of how many total votes there were. So you, I think you only need a couple hundred now. It's like 300 something. In years past, it was thousands and thousands because mm-hmm. way more people used to vote in the NRA board elections than they than do right now. And so, you know, it, that probably says a lot in and of itself. Absolutely. Uh, as for active self-protection, we had a really good time out there uh, touching hands and making friends, um, sort of, and ruffling some feathers and rustling some jimmies, as John likes to say. Uh, trying to bring some common sense. There was, you know, I'm not going to name any names or names or names of courses, but there was at least one course that one of our people sat in on that was just full of the possibly the worst information of all time about, about a shooting topic. I'll leave it at that. And, uh, he, our guy just got up and walked out exasperated. Um, and then in our, in our presentations, John, Steph would say challenging thing, like things like, uh, you know, if you're if you're a gun rights person, uh, maybe don't insult and demean people who are anti-gun. We're trying to win hearts and minds, so calling them names and uh, impugning their motives is no way to get anyone to listen to your side. We need to start talking to people who are anti-gun in our day-to-day lives. That's how we make real change, in my opinion. Is you are a pro-gun person, you find someone who's anti-gun, invite them to go shooting. Um, you know, pick their brain. And and don't come at them like they're like they want to disarm you and and you know they're they they want the government running our lives. Well, maybe maybe not, or maybe they had a, a cousin who was shot and killed with a firearm. You know, we you just don't know. Now I'm rambling. I've got to get going. I am busier than a one legged <laughs> man in a butt kicking contest. Uh, anything well, you wanted hey, to add uh, for we part ways, Stephen? Just one uh, positive thing about the NRA is that they had you guys there giving your your point of view. So that's hey, can't. Can't knock them for that one, you know. They're certainly letting in uh, people, people like Asp. So that's that's a positive as well. Um, and yeah, it was great to meet you in person. By the way, I thought that was the highlight of the show for me. Crummy, I mean, crummy pizza pieces. Crummy pizza aside, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, it was still. I it could overcome the pizza, uh, the pizza situation because uh, it was nice to actually meet you in person. Uh, and, and a number of the other ASP folks I've met, you know, I've met John and, and other people before, but, but this is the first time I met you and a couple of the other, uh, ASP people. And, and I think that you're all fantastic, thankfully. And so I'm glad to be able to do this show with you every week. And, um, you know, I think you're good people. So, um, so yeah, I just, uh, I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to get together during that, that meeting. Uh, I'll have more details of course, over at the reload about uh, some of the other goings on the financial situation, you know, they released the annual report at the board meeting. So mm-hmm. I'll be digging through that to see uh, any interesting stuff. It does look like once again, that uh, administrative legal fees uh, were the top single line item 
in their budget again this Crikey. year it increased or you know in 2022 it increased once again it was over 50 million dollars now not to get off on a tangent but to so. clarify for people and i do have to land this plane but i got to get this out that is not the nra fighting for your rights in court that's not the legal bills we're talking about correct that's them defending against lawsuits nope. and and bankruptcies and, and the new york attorney general and everything else Correct. And settlements, presumably with their, they had a big settlement with their uh, former media contractor where they had to pay the media contractor, uh, Ackerman Queen. So yes, uh, this is not money going towards second amendment fights. Um, In fact, I think the only, the the money towards that for legal fees was about 1.2 million, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, So yeah, it's about 50 times more went towards uh, the the New York case and the various other lawsuits that they've gotten themselves into over these corruption allegations. Folks, do me a favor, go over to the reload.com. That's T H E R E L O A D.com. Consider getting a membership. No one else is doing what Steven's doing. I don't, I don't have any other resource that you can find to get uh, sane, sober, moral, prudent information about the second amendment, about the NRA, about uh, the Supreme court, about Congress. Stephen is an insider. He knows people and gets information and scoops stories. So go to the reload, please go get a membership and, uh, and help this guy out and help him to continue to run his, uh, to run that uh, website. Yes, sir. And let me do, let me do a plug. Absolutely. Go download the, the new ASP app. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. be talking about more. I've, I've already been, I've been through it. It's great. It looks fantastic. There's extra content there. People should really check it out. Probably we'll record a commercial with John, maybe a bonus infomercial or something. Uh, maybe we can incorporate some of those silly infomercial memes into it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm trying to get creative. Yeah. I, 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 but I highly recommend it. You're always pitching my yeah my uh, site, so this is my. I want to pitch the ASP extra. Uh, app go check it out you will enjoy it if you like anything that ask does every week steven has the last word if you're paying attention steven i'll see you next week (laughs) absolutely hey friends this is john korea if you like the podcast if it is bringing you value do me a favor and leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out 